0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another Ball Guy podcast with your host, Jeff Brown, and our guest, Chris LaSpada.
1: Hello, everybody. This is another Ball Guy audio with me and my guest, CPA, Chris LaSpada. Today, we're going to talk about the depreciation method known as cost segregation. Chris, would you give me a quick down-and-dirty summation just for our listeners of what cost segregation actually is?
0: Sure. Cost segregation is allowing the owner of a real estate property to reallocate that property to personal property, which results in shorter depreciation lives and more accelerated depreciation methods.
1: And that results then, it sounds like logically, results in a higher dollar amount of of depreciation annually.
0: Correct. Once you're taking a 39-year depreciation life and able to reclassify that property into five, seven, or 15-year lives, you're getting more depreciation quicker.
1: Now, you said 39 years. That's for commercial. How much is it for residential income?
0: The typical is 27 and a half years if you didn't do any cost segregation.
1: Correct. Okay, great, great. Now, why can't some investor-slash-taxpayers use depreciation against their ordinary income?
0: Well, typically, real estate activities are generally classified as passive activities. So, generally, passive activities can only be taken against passive losses. The other, the more common issue or problem that a taxpayer faces is the income limit. So once a taxpayer makes between $100,000 and 150000 of modified adjusted gross income, the amount of losses they can take then become limited. So, for example, if you make 100000 modified adjusted gross income, you could be eligible to take a $25,000 loss. As that income goes up, that 25000 is reduced. So once you're over $150,000 of modified adjusted gross income, you are not eligible to take any losses.
1: Would you give the listeners, Chris, please, a short version of what a modified adjusted gross income is? Yeah,
0: modified adjusted gross income, I mean, it's typically your adjusted gross income, which is on page one of your 1040. That's the last line on the page. There are uh, one or two things that are taken out of that to get to the modified adjusted numbers. So we would have to, you, know, you almost have to look at particular situations to see if anything will go against as part of the modified. But typically, it's usually the same number as adjusted gross income, but, you know, there are situations where it may be different.
1: And what was taken from the gross income to get to just adjusted gross income?
0: Uh, usually your wages, interest, dividends, your total income is calculated. And then to get to adjusted gross income, you have things like self-employed health insurance, a profit sharing contribution, one half of the self-employment tax, an IRA, regular IRA deduction. Uh, not all these things you know, come into play for every taxpayer, but they're the the most typical deductions you see to get to from total income to adjusted gross income. Perfect, thanks.
1: Does the unused depreciation just go away like steam in the air, just sit there unused, or what?
0: Well, the depreciation typically causes the taxpayer to have a loss on the property, and it's that loss that, if unused, is suspended, and it carries forward until the property is disposed of. So depreciation is just part of the calculation of the loss, and that total loss will then carry forward. And once the taxpayer disposes of the property, that is when the unused losses come back to reduce any gain on that property.
1: Now, isn't the usual strategy with cost segregation to shelter massive cash flow uh, in the first few years of a investment into real estate?
0: Well, that's typically what the objective is, and it's just based off of everybody's heard this principle before, but, you know, if a dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow, it's the same thing with tax deductions. So if I can get more of a tax deduction today – then I want to do that because I'm lowering my current tax liability. I have an increase in cash flow. And if I can increase my cash flow by postponing what I'm paying in taxes, then I have cash flow available for other investments.
1: Got it. Now, my strategy is the other side of that same coin, Chris, where we're we're not trying to have a lot of cash flow. We're trying to have maybe – a a 5 to 7% cash-on-cash cash return, but increase the depreciation dollars per year via the cost segregation approach. This results in saving quite a quite a few dollars every year, thousands of dollars, usually five figures of, of this kind of depreciation every year on the sidelines. Now, when they do go to sell, the agenda at that point is to sell it. You have a capital gain. You're going to have a uh, Uh, another tax called depreciation recapture, which is typically more expensive than the capital gains tax rate, and you take that unused depreciation, apply it to your personal income in the year of sale, that allows you to shelter much of your personal income that you couldn't before, but now the IRS cannot hang their hat on that hook because you don't own the real estate anymore, therefore you can bring it forward like you've already said. Now that said, do you find that typically the losses can offset the majority of and sometimes even all of that tax liability at sale?
0: It depends uh, it, it generally depends on you know, what your other activities are. I mean, if, it, if we're just talking about just the one property, you know typically we would have losses that be able to you know, offset or reduce, I should say, potential gains.
1: Got it. So so let's let's say they make two hundred thousand at their job, and uh, at that point that's that's the taxable income, and they had seventy five thousand of unused depreciation at sale, and they were in a high tax state, say like California, that seventy five would then be those those losses would carry forward. That seventy five thousand in loss would carry forward, and then their CPA, uh, let's say it's you, Chris, before you even sharpen your pencil. It seems like those losses would, would imply that they didn't make 200 taxable. They made 125 taxable before you even sharpened your pencil.
0: As long as we're making the assumption that the property was disposed of in that year.
1: Oh, that's the exact assumption. In other words, we're saying it, if they sold it in 16, when they go to do their taxes for, for the calendar tax year 16, they're going to owe taxes on the sale, and they're going to have that. That loss carry forward for that year's tax return is that correct? Correct. Okay. So then, is my statement fairly accurate that the seventy-five would would offset seventy-five thousand of income that year?
0: Yeah, in the year of disposal, any unused loss uh, is is deducted in full.
1: And in the end, what this results in, and this why this is why so many. Yeah, relatively small investors, because we're not talking about people buying $10 million office buildings. Uh, when they're buying two, three, four-unit properties and they're depreciating them for five years, they're paying them off in five years through whatever uh, source they can, they're selling these things free and clear, netting a whole bunch of money, usually three or $400,000. They're having a gain of, you know, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, and they're getting a nice loss carry forward on their personal income to offset that. Which means in the end, net, 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 that instead of paying maybe twenty five to thirty five thousand in capital gains and depreciation recapture tax, they're actually might be getting away with somewhere between zero and five or ten thousand, which is pretty attractive.
0: Sure, I mean a lot of these you know, we're just talking about this one strategy, but that's the whole key here is having a strategy to see what would be most effective in certain situations
1: ah so you like doing things on purpose
0: <laughs> correct
1: i love it that's why we call it purposeful planning people chris thanks so much for joining us today everybody thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time
0: thanks for listening to the bald guy podcast with jeff brown and our guest
1: chris la